0: the mess it up podcast where we take your mess and turn it into a message and now here's a bowtie guy you have found us once again it is year three of the mess it up podcast we're here on uh on beautiful what show am i on i think i'm on show 106 now uh if my numbers are correct and sometimes they're not but wouldn't that be awesome if i messed that one up uh but we're show 106 Uh, On Messed It Up podcast, I'm here with a whole bunch of people. Uh, Co hosting with me today is listener Bev from From California. California. Yeah, and uh, happy to have her here. And we've got some guests that we'll introduce in a little while uh, down the road, but I want to just tell you a couple things before we get too far into it. First of all, I'm trying to be expedient in how I do this. So today, the uh, word of the week is expedient, and expedient means something that is uh, time effective and, 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 um, you know, you do it in a way that's, that's not wasting time. And that is anything but me. Uh, with talking is expedient. Uh, so uh, if you can use expedient in a wor- uh, sentence this week, give yourself 10 bonus points each time you do it. And that would be absolutely awesome. If you want to send me a word of the week or a song of the week later, you can do that by hitting me with the email. It is bowtieguy at com. If you need to talk to in- turn Dave about a topic or maybe a person that we could interview or hear their story, you're going to want to send that to info at MessItUpPodcast.com. Of course, you can find us on all the typical social media outlets like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're sending some pictures out from uh, our our trip out here to COVID-19-ville in Nashville, Tennessee-ish. So you'll see uh, Bev and I out here doing different things, trying to keep our social distancing. But I will admit, I break my social distancing with Bev all the time because she's just too sweet. I'd rather be dead than far away. But uh, we're on those social media platforms. We're also on Reddit if you go to um, Messed messed Up Ministries on Reddit, then we have a subreddit uh, thread that we go through on that. And if you wanna support the show, you can always give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to and um, uh, a rating. And that really, really helps new people find the show. The more people that find it, the more useful we can be and the more messes we can help clean up. If you'd like to support the show financially, We also have an avenue for that. It's called Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash mess it up, you can uh, sponsor the show on a monthly basis. You can also do that at messituppodcast.com and you can just go right to uh, the become a patron button there. For as little as a dollar a week, you can help keep the show on the air or a dollar a month. Uh, you can keep the show on the air. That's seriously like really cheap. I spend more money than that on sodas at McDonald's uh, because the soda at McDonald's is a buck a cup. Um, and I do that several times a week. So uh, please feel free to uh, check that out. If you do it and you find out it's just not for you, you can cancel it anytime. And if you're really mad that you sponsored us and you're like, that was totally not worth it. Hey, I'll give you your money back. Just send me an email and uh, we can take care of that. But we'd love to have your sponsorship Every little bit helps and, and keeps this thing running and we appreciate the fact that you've been with us for uh, two years going into our third year now. Go back and listen to past shows if you're new and uh, I think that's everything I've got. Do I have anything
1: else? I think that's everything we've got. That's but
0: so fantastic. I have
1: been asked before how do you spell Patreon?
0: Oh, so. yeah. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon and that lets you become a patron of the arts. Thank you for bringing that up. That was, yeah. uh, that was clever. All right, well, do you think it's time to bring in the special the, guest? I think it is. Guest? I'm looking forward to it. I wish I had special guest music. Oh. It's a bummer. I'll have to think Ta-da. about that. Ta-da! Listen, if you, if you can come up with a good special guest intro song, send it to me. And uh, if I like it, uh, I'll use it. And maybe, just maybe, you might win some Starbucks from me as well. So, uh, without any further ado, I'm ready to bring in our special guest. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves?
2: I'm Tim. And I'm
3: Ashley.
0: And uh, these are our niece and nephew here in Tennessee. Yes, it is family show the last several weeks. And as long as we're locked in here, I'm going to keep on tapping the family. I've been telling them I need to have you on the show. And now that they're here and I'm here, uh, it's hard for them to run away. Um, so uh, basically, I'm just forcing everybody to be on the show. They're like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But these guys weren't like that. These guys were excited about it. So excited to have them on. And we're going to be talking about a topic that I think touches a lot of people uh, in our country today, and it definitely touches our family and yes. you guys' family. And that's the idea of a blended family. Uh, we have four people here who have all been divorced and are all remarried. Is that correct? Well, she, she was never married. Never married before, but has has a child, Had a child from, from previous, previous. relationships. Yes. Okay, so blended families everywhere. Um, and. I know we're not the only ones, and it's a common thing today to have that blended family. I remember when I was a kid, my my best friend told me that his parents were divorced, and I just didn't believe it because I just I hadn't met anybody that I knew that was close to me that had gone through that. And now it's just, I mean, like half the marriages they say now end uh, unsuccessfully, which is a shame. But we've found ways to put our families together. And Bev and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary last week. Uh, how long have you guys been married? 18 years 18 years. I love it just when just the somewhere. guy knows right away. It's, <laughs> it's nice. If I were to ask my son-in-law intern Dave how many years have you been married he has to do a little bit of math and, and figure that out. Uh, but uh, so tell us a little bit uh, about life before you guys were uh, were married. Um, your lives were I mean after a breakup of a relationship, especially when children are involved, It's a mess, so give us a little bit of an idea about the mess in your life before you guys got together.
2: You guys couldn't see it, but they both point you, 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 you. It's almost like Night at the Roxbury. Well, (laughs) it kind of tells the story about how we met each other, so um, I wanted to see if she wanted to go first, because hers may have been a little bit longer. Mine was a broken marriage before the marriage was dissolved, so the kids were young. I have um three children children and um they knew who their mother was for quite some time, but um we we were on the outs for a while so it was it was a very difficult situation for the probably last two years of the marriage and then after she left and I was with the kids um I had to find daycare and juggle them around and and, uh, get family to help. And so that single dad uh, lifestyle, as most people could imagine, is pretty hard. How old were your kids at this point? Uh, So it was eight, five, and two. So you got preschoolers
0: and schoolers. Yeah. Okay. And you're a single dad, Mm -hmm. working, getting them to school. And were the the younger ones in a preschool situation or... or farmed out to family friends and strangers uh, the the
2: latter <laughs>
1: okay yeah. yeah hopefully not strangers though yeah
2: no not strangers <laughs> we, we have a pretty big family so we had a lot of people helping um but I remember it was just a struggle to get home from work um and try to get supper done and get them in bed at a decent hour you know and, and get the ones who had homework you know Heather had homework and uh, I remember at the time, she actually had really long hair, and I couldn't even fix her hair. It was, yeah. it, so she ended up getting a shorter haircut to make it easier for Dad to take care of her hair. But, um, it, yeah, it was difficult. It was it was a challenge to find good enough food to eat, but I think we uh, lived off of uh, frozen pizzas and um, pizza rolls and pizza bagels. So that was like our <laughs> three food groups. So that I, I probably went on for a year or two it was about a year before I met Ashley but um so so my life was a married life before so we had a little more of a a standard structure of a family until it all fell apart it was just difficult for the last two to three years of it um hers was a little different because she wasn't married so she raised a child by by herself uh, for a while, and I'll let her talk a little bit about what that was like. You know, living living, living as a uh, single woman with with a child.
3: Well, Paul and Bev, we just want to say thank you so much for having us here, and we're just excited to spend as much time as we have with you guys. And um, thanks for allowing us to share this story. For me, I didn't go through a divorce, but I went through a breakup. Yeah, that was extremely hard because we had a child together.
0: Do you think that's harder to go through a breakup than a divorce because people don't think it's hard? A divorce is obviously hard. A breakup is like, well, you broke up. Uh, I did that when I was in junior high. Do you do you feel that you got that kind of uh, callousness from people, whereas a, a person with a divorce, like, oh, that's that's so sad. Uh, do you, do you do you think there was any of that kind of stuff going on, or was it hard I've to say? From what I've
3: heard about divorces. I believe that that would be harder okay be- being a single mom for the first time was really difficult
2: and how old was was your boy?
3: He was
2: what well, you raised him for four years by yourself mm-hmm so
1: mm-hmm.
2: during during the time we got together are you asking mm-hmm. or just when she was single so zero to four or, or... yeah his dad was never in the picture from the time Basically, he was born, right?
3: For the first year, Okay, he was, and then oh, okay. we split up, and yeah. so I was young, I was 19 when I had him, I was a baby, having a baby, and I think the hardest thing for me is not knowing exactly who I was yet, mm-hmm. um, feeling in a very dark place, yeah. um, overwhelmed but also just scared that I was going to mess him up. Mm -hmm. That was
2: before you were a Christian.
3: This was before I was a Christian. Oh, really? It was. Okay. Um, Finally, I guess when Colin was about two years old, I saw a real bad car accident. This uh, car accident God used in my life. To ask me a question, and that is, where would you go? Do you know oh, wow. where you would go wow. if something like that so fast happened to you?
0: So, did you have a bit of a Christian tradition growing up, and you just weren't involved in it, in a Christian?
3: Yes, okay. I was very scared of God. I didn't want to know Him because if He was anything like my dad, I would always disappoint Him. Okay. There was no way that I would be in good standing with Him because I was such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So after I saw this car accident, God had used this to play on my mind daily. About two months into that, I surrendered. I asked him. I said, you know, I don't know who you are, but I've heard what you can do, and please do that for me if it is who you are. That night, I went to bed, and the next morning, I went to open up my shades, and the sun was so bright, I fell to my knees, and I stayed there and cried until I could not anymore. I couldn't even get low enough because of the glory that he showed me that day. Did
0: you know what you were experiencing at that point? Were you?
3: It was an experience. That's one thing I love about God. You know, we can talk and share with people and love people, but we have to have our own experience, yes. and yeah. that's yeah. exactly what it and was. And
0: nobody can nobody can argue that.
3: No, yeah. no. I mean, they could try to, but as you glow and your light shows, you're very secure and comfortable with that. So it's okay that they don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so. Um, at that point you gradually made a shift or was it like a light switch on night and off? Day. Night and day.
3: Night and day. Uh, for the first time I was excited about really being a mom. I knew now that I could do this, that he was going to provide the power every day to wake up and do this. I even saw a change in my son. He was very scared at me at first because of how I had changed, he wasn't for sure how to take it. And then day after day, this love just grew that I had never known before. That was absolutely beautiful. About a month in, I remember praying and getting to know God better. And the way that I envisioned God and me, and God knew he had to show himself to me like this, is him and I riding a motorcycle together. (laughs) I remember having this vision of me just hopping on the back of that motorcycle and off we went. But God knew I needed to see him rad.
0: A heavenly Davidson?
3: Well, yeah. That's perfect. He knew I had to see him as this really cool, rad person, nothing like my dad, and that was kind of the start of it. Um, A month into it, I never wanted to get married, even when I was young. Never wanted to be married, never wanted to have kids. But I started to pray about my future husband, and a month later, I
0: met him. Oh, wow. Wow. And where did you guys meet?
2: <laughs> daycare. <laughs> it had gotten to the point to where I, I did need to find a daycare, and, and I, uh, I didn't have the money to go to any, to any kind of daycare. As you can imagine, three or two kids at the time that were actually in daycare, because this was right before Corey started uh, kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So I had two little ones, and then one of them was in school that needed something to do after school. Um, but I couldn't afford to do all that. So they're, they're in a small daycare, uh, in town and, um, she was one of the teachers there oh. and, and, uh, I kind of noticed her and asked a mutual friend of ours. I didn't know who she was, but I knew somebody who knew one of the, um, one of her coworkers and I got to talking to one of her coworkers and asked her about Ashley and uh, the first question I asked her was very key. Um, I asked uh, the, the girl that was her friend, I said, uh, do you know if she's a Christian or not? And um, she said, you know, I think she is because she has just recently gone through some changes. And um, she's, you know, saying that she is a Christian. And so when that got back to her, that's. I guess what she needed to hear. Because, Confirmation.
3: Yeah, that was, that's, what,
2: that's what she needed to hear because... The Lord's
3: saying, yes, darling. It gave, yeah. me, it gave me a shot. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you guys started uh, dating and, and seeing each other or what?
2: We, we dated for a few months, two or three months, but things were just uh, moving too fast. And uh, we, we took a break uh, for a while. And, um, then probably took about a three month break and then something traumatic happened with one of my children, which brought her back into, into our lives because she realized how much she cared for our family, for my family and for me too. And, um, it's when Zach uh, had his accident when okay. he choked on his gumball, told another story of it, ended up being a whole ordeal in the hospital for, for, uh, uh several days on ventilators and life flight helicopters and you know, uh, ruptured lungs and mm-hmm. aspirations. There's a, a whole mess of stuff.
0: All that kind of stuff, yeah. And yeah. God made a way. Yes. Which uh, is uh, yeah. a great, uh, great lead-in for our, our song of the week here, which is Waymaker. I asked Ashley, I said, hey, tell me a song that you like right now, a Christian song. And she didn't hesitate. She said, I like that song Waymaker. That's so this is, song. this is Michael W. Smith with Waymaker. We'll play it for a little bit, give you a 90-second snippet. We'll be back on the other side to tell you what we think and hear more about how this mess became a beautiful message uh, in our lives.
4: Working in this place, I worship
0: So there you go, Michael W. Smith, the old Smitty. There, uh, Ashley, why this song? What What about this song was relevant to you, or made you say, "This is a song"?
3: The chorus, uh, "Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness." That's who you are, and that sums it all up. I mean, I've experienced each of those separate times in my life, not all together but at separate times, which was a growth. So when there were times that I had struggled with him him being a way maker or a promise keeper, um, just over time, over time, I had to be real patient with that. It reminds me of a story where, you know, when you go to the doctor and your parents go in with you to get the shot Mm -hmm. when you're young, but when you're 16, they ask for the parent to stay out. To me, that was God. God walked with me so many times uh, into every problem that I had. And then about seven years ago, he said, I'll be in the waiting room,
1: but Ah. I need you to go
3: in by yourself. Ah. And so that was an experience for seven years, a real heavy experience. But um, he finally, he came in the room with me and uh, spoke through my heart. And so just these little experiences along the way is why I really like this song.
2: Yeah, yeah. What about you, Tim? Um, also, the uh, the chorus, the uh, the miracle worker. I've seen God perform at least two miraculous thing in our family's lives, um, and then the promise keepers is really big. I know that um, I grew up in Sunday school. I, my I was raised in church boy, so quite different from uh, where Ashley came from. My relationship with, with God was always there from, from an early age and um, so it wasn't as profound when I called myself a Christian but I, I learned all the Bible verses and all those um, things you're taught in Sunday school and knew that the scriptures um, were always true so during those <clears throat> times of, of darkness I would always lean on God's promises and he's never let me down mm-hmm. so he has always made a way Mm-hmm.
1: Um I see down here a little bit further down in the song it points out four points. It says touching every heart, healing every heart, turning lives around, and mending every heart. And the word that's significant in that for me is the word every. Um, I just feel like that um, anybody who asks for healing, anybody asks for mending, anybody asks for a touch from God, they're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And he always comes through, just like you said, Tim. And uh, I just love that, that every heart.
0: Yeah, and for me, the, there's one word in this song that I love the most, and it's my, my God. It's not somebody else's God. It's not the God uh, of, of someone in another continent or country or state or even another house. It's my God, He, he's mine. I belong to him, he belongs to me, we're together. Uh, just like you know, Bev is my wife, and and that's the most important thing. And it's the idea that my God does this. That means He's doing it for me. He's doing it because He loves me, because He cares for me, because I'm out of the seven and a half billion people on the planet. I'm His absolute favorite, and so are you, uh, because that's just how He He takes care of us. So, yeah, excellent. That's that's a great great song, Good great choice. reminder of of things. So we said God is that way maker, and he made a way. Just getting married didn't solve all the problems in the world. Uh, a blended family is almost a, you know, that's almost a great spot to start with a mess because it's it can be tricky. Were there oh, issues no <laughs> coming in coming into to, to blending these families together,
2: just trying to, to work that out? Uh, let me tell you, um, I learned a lot when I tried to show Ashley, um, Hey, just follow my lead. I've been married before. This is how this can work. (laughs) And boy, I'll tell you, it didn't work the first time and, and for good reason. So we, we realized that the only way it was going to work was with God. I don't know how, uh, blended families without a relationship with God can do it. And from what I hear, a lot of them don't do it. Um, a lot of them fail miserably. And it's a constant struggle. And unless you have the one core common thing between you of God, some way you can go back to and pray to and recheck what you think you know is true and what you think you know is right against, then you probably don't stand much of a chance. And, and so that's what we do a lot. And I would encourage that to anybody Um, When you think you know what the answer is, go back and pray about it again.
3: One thing also is when Tim had mentioned that we dated for three months, then we were split for three months, a lot of that was because uh, God was really speaking to my heart about what a husband is, and if I was just going to keep looking at Tim as a husband, he was going to disappoint me, you know, and that's just, and I was going to disappoint him, and one thing that God spoke to my heart was, I have to be your husband first. Mm. You're my bride, which yeah. he is to all of us, male and female, but you have to be my husband first, and what does that mean? And so, that way, I was able to put pressure off of Tim, and be able to really know that I can go to God, and, and with any of my needs, and ask him, and so...
0: Yeah, I love that that idea because one of the the truisms of of recovery is that expectations are premeditated disappointments. (laughs) And, uh, you know, when I put expectations on Bev, especially if I don't make her aware of it, I'm just like, all right, I set this expectation in my mind, this is going to happen at this time, this date, and then it doesn't, and she has no clue. Now I'm walking around with a chip in my shoulder. I'm grumpy at her and and giving her attitude or or a cold shoulder or – just being rude, and she has no clue because I had that expectation that it may have been fair, may not have been fair, but it's it's so difficult for me to to not be in charge and and to to step back and let God be in charge. That way, my expectation is just God's going to take care of it, whatever comes. That's what I'm going to be cool with. Uh, it's that's I'm still learning to do that, uh, and I think Tim, you said testing these things and. Lamentations three forty says, "Let us examine and test our ways and turn back to the Lord." And I think that's so important because when I went in, and I don't know about you, Bev, but you know, it's my second marriage, and I had that same idea. All right, I saw what went wrong. Mm-hmm. I could tweak this, tweak this, and tweak this, and we'll be good. It's a totally different and, person. And, and I knew, yeah. Yes. And I knew that one of the problems was me, but I knew I wasn't all the problem, so. I didn't focus as much on. I I had these things. Well, I need to listen more. Okay, that was what made it wrong for some. I didn't listen enough, so I'll I'll listen. Okay, great. But I found that if I'm talking all the time, I don't have to listen. And and why don't making those? I didn't I didn't check everything because I was just seeing what were the problems. And I have to. I guess when I'm looking at what a problem is, I have to put myself into the equation and say there is a possibility that infallible Paul has messed up, has made a, a. a mistake somewhere, and I don't have all the answers, and I don't know everything, and I'm not always right, even though I want to be, and that's that's still a lesson that I'm learning to say. And God bless you for not saying amen. Thank you, Bev.
4: You're a
1: wonderful woman. <laughs> I didn't even actually think it. Um, you know, I was thinking, we, we were married more than six years before I began to understand that, um, well, let me back up, because I had come out of a pretty violent situation in my first marriage, and then now going to a relationship with Paul, Um, we had to go through a lot of rocky times up until maybe seven or eight years of marriage. And I remember having a conversation with him and saying something where I was praising him. And um, he said, Bev, you know what, you've just got to stop putting me on a pedestal because at some point, if you do that, I'm gonna fall, and this is gonna be hard for you and hard for me, and maybe hard to recover from. And then on the heels of that, I had something, I had said something about, I'm so proud of you. And he hit the nail on the head, and it sunk in when he said, Please don't be proud of me, be proud of what God is doing in me. Mm-hmm. And it was like a night and day switch for me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I am putting all this pressure on Him. And that's not fair, you know. And really <clears throat> and truly, it wasn't that he would never fail me, but I knew God never would. Mm. So I had to just learn to make that transition. Yeah.
0: So what what challenges did you face in blending the family? You've got kids. Uh, now, Ashley, your boy was of a similar age right to between, Tim's. Right
2: between. Right between two it. boys.
0: So were there... Uh, Were there problems with blending them together? Did, Did alliances form and break constantly? How was it?
3: In the beginning, I think the scariest was that we were adding kids to the family. I was 23. Tim was 29. And I didn't want any more children. And so this was something that weighed on my heart heavily. I remember crying many, many nights saying, Lord... Uh, why did you allow me to fall in love with this man if you know I don't want any more kids? But he has a great sense of humor and a lot of trust in us, right? (laughs) Even though we don't have it yet. He's (laughs) like, trust me, it's going to be okay. Um, Because the kids were so young, it went pretty well. I believe that it went well. Uh, The older they became... I think is when it started to get harder.
2: Well, I remember um, th- there being some concern with where they would fall in ranking and stuff like that, like uh, sibling rivalry you always hear about. But uh, it went pretty, pretty good between us. Um, we co-parented on a lot of things. We didn't make any decisions in front of the children on anything that we didn't both agree on. We'd go leave the room and come back and tell the kids you just wait, we'll we'll have a decision. Was that a premeditated
0: thing t- thing that you thought, all right, before we get married we gotta to come to an agreement on yeah. this or is it just yeah, we, talked about it. we talked okay.
2: about we We talked it it before, and, um, and for the the part we we it it the way way through growing up up um, you you still have challenges with with when when they older older it or or not even, even when they move move of a little bit of a little bit of a little things of a little bit of a little bit of just just the way you decide things uh, um has to be talked about uh before presented to the kids you have to have a united front on everything but um so they were when we got married it was um they were what three four and five or four five and six so they they went through school all together one grade apart all three of the boys heather was three years older than the oldest um but the boys is where the rival rivalry really was but it, their their personalities didn't conflict. Um, they had such different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked out pretty well. They all slept in the same room in bunk beds a <laughs> queen size bed on the bottom and, and a bunk bed <laughs> on top. And uh, we we all six were in a thousand square foot house and we made mercy. it work. Oh, wow. oh my goodness.
3: I think one thing for me too is we had to respect that they. Had another parent already before you walked in, mm-hmm. so accepting that and trying your best to do your job, which even though you would, I weren't wasn't the real mom, but you're still the step mom, so you have to step in and be a mom.
2: That that was really key. Also, Ashley did a really good job befriending um, the kids' real mom, and I tried my best and gradually um, got to have a relationship with Colin's real dad and um, so the parents all getting along is very very important so that you're not um, being played against each other by the kids um, but also the parents aren't working against each other um, the other way towards the kids also so that that was something we both were aware of and, and I think did, maybe not the best, but we we eventually got it the way it needs to be.
0: Yeah, and that was something that Bev and I worked on is that we I I don't think that and and kids if you need to write in and you know send me an email tell me I'm wrong that's fine, uh, but I don't think that they ever heard either of us say anything negative about the absent parent, uh, because we were blessed in that we had you know Bev had all of her kids. And I had my daughter uh, for a large portion of the time until I went to jail and then uh, she went to be with her mom after that point, but th- there wasn't a bad mouthing about the other side um, of the parenting dynamic, it was just, it wasn't going to be had and that was intentional on our part.
2: You're exactly right and, and for people that don't understand that there's no need to tell a child about their parent because it's not going to do them any good to know something. If you're really right in what you think, the child's going to figure it out sooner or later. Uh, yes. And, and at that age, then it's between them and their parent. And it's, um, that parent's going to know how that child feels about, feels about them. Um, any other, uh, motives behind doing that is just to try and win the child and that's just wrong motives yeah
0: and and i was my father had been married previous to marrying my mom and it was a very acrimonious divorce in the 60s and the only thing i knew about this woman was words that i couldn't say in church and i didn't want to have that be the way that my daughter's mom was talked about by me uh you know my dad cut all of her pictures out of all the paper you know her, her face was gone in all the pictures he had it's just you know like it's like a i didn't want that it was the the marriage didn't work but we're still here everybody's still around and we gotta we gotta make it happen and as an adult now my child is an adult i can see the benefits of not having been bad mouth between us because she has a great relationship with both of us she doesn't feel like she has to Pick one or the other and not, you know, oh, I can't talk about mom in front of dad or dad in front of mom. It, it's, it's been really good uh, as adults now, um, that, that time that we had to spend biting our tongue, or me biting my tongue uh, as a, when she was a child.
2: Well, at the very minimum, you're going to get the other parents' respect, um, and the best you can hope for is you may um, teach them how to be. A better parent also if you get that respect and relationship with them they're gonna to want to be a better parent just being around you and um, there's an open line of communication between the kids and you guys and, and all the parents and so everybody's gonna to try to do the right thing all the time and, and know that people are watching and thinking about them
1: I think in any relationship between children and parents um, and you said it actually without realizing maybe that you were saying and that is our children watch us and then they develop a relationship with God often based on how they feel they've been parented whether mm-hmm. they feel they can trust their parent or not and you said that was difficult for you um, and so in that I think our children uh, they catch that more than they're even taught that yeah they, you know I watch my my dad my stepmom my dad my stepmom whoever whatever um, and they they seem like that they work together on this, and they, they sense that, they know that, and I think that helps them to approach God in the right light.
0: Yeah, and we never told our kids they have to call us mom and dad, the non-biological, but we never went to a place and said, this is my kid and this is my stepchild." It's always, yeah. here's the kids. Uh, when my, my parents called one time and wanted to take my daughter, their biological granddaughter, for ice cream, I said, well, she can't go unless everybody goes. And they're like, well, we just want to take our granddaughter. I said, we well, got four grandkids, and they're like, no. <laughs> and so they opted not to take anybody because they didn't yeah. want to do that, and that was that was their choice. But we always made sure that those kids knew yeah. we're a family now. We're we're doing this,
2: you know, we're together. That's that's a really big thing, and, and we did the same thing. Also, um, a lot of times the, the other siblings would go with each other, whoever it was, to spend the night at. Another parent's house. We wanted to encourage them to be, to be together all the times, and I learned this from from Grandpa a um, mm-hmm. long time ago. Also, that we didn't use the word step when we talked about our kids. Mm-hmm. They were just all our kids. There was no this is my stepson, that's my stepmom. Right. Um, it, you know, they. It was either caused by our first name, or mom or dad. Um, I remember with Colin having that conversation. He was confused as a as a child, calling me. Dad sometimes, or Tim other times, and it was always back and forth and back and forth. He didn't know the right way to say it. And I said, I don't really don't care which one, just pick one, and he settled on Dad. And so he's always called me Dad from from there on out. And uh, it was open for him to choose either way he wanted to do it, and it just worked out, you know, mm. for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what's the message of uh, your blended family for people who are listening? What what's the message they can take from the mess that was there? uh either of you can can go
2: um, I think keeping God involved um being open with communication with all the kids and, and co-parenting on as many things as you can do a lot of people think decisions have to be made right then and there and most of them do not mm-hmm. uh, most of them can wait um, until a calmer situation or a lot of thought can be put into something, um, figuring out how kids are going to react to something and, and proposed with an answer to where the kids don't know who made the decision. Um, uh, it was a joint decision by mom and dad. And, um, and then, you know, going to, going to God on the tough stuff. And um, uh, even, even when things get between mom and dad, mom and dad go to God on it, and with that um, common anchor point, uh, you tend to eventually get back on the same page regardless of how long it takes.
3: Mm -hmm. For me, I I definitely say whether it's a blended family or a normal family, it's a beautiful mess. Uh, (laughs) I love to have fun, so when the kids were younger, I just wanted to implement lightheartedness. Uh, one time I heard, you know, the world is not for us to be played with, but for to be our playground. <laughs> and so just realizing that time is short, have fun. And one thing uh, Colin taught me was not to overthink.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Just, you know, think about it, say or do what you're going to do and and be lighthearted. So
1: have fun. That would be yeah, my message. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and do you have anything to throw in?
1: I I would just say that um, I sort of wish, and we have talked about this before, Paul, but I sort of wish that I had given myself a little more time to heal before jumping back into another relationship. It was uh, was difficult for me to find out, you know, after being married the second time who I was. And um, I'm so glad that God led me into recovery where I could discover that more and more but so for anybody who's you know kind of on the the beginning of a relationship just think about that part too don't forget that if you're um, looking into a future marriage or whatever make sure you give yourself some grace and some time to to figure that all out before you launch into a relationship where now you're going to be affecting more people's lives Um, and then the second thing is just always always um, ask for forgiveness and grant forgiveness, and it's just so important to keep a family together.
0: Yeah, and for me, I try to think of that concept of blending, and when I put something in the blender, I don't take it out and try to deconstruct it and put it back into its original parts. I've put <laughs> it together intentionally and and broken the the separate to put it together into something new, that, that smoothie or milkshake or banana pancakes is not, <laughs> I'm not going to try to pull out all the individual flower and make it something different. I'm going to blend it. And I think that the picture for me I see is grandma's necklace. And if you're not in our family, you might not know what this is. But I'll, I'll try to put a picture on the website. But she had this necklace that just had these charms for each kid. And here's this woman that was about 2 foot 3 inches tall. And uh, she had... Uh, this necklace that weighed about 97,000 pounds because it had 14 <laughs> billion people on it because she just loved everybody and they were all family she didn't worry about last names she didn't worry about dna yeah. she didn't worry about genetics she just worried about loving and put those people on that necklace and that's just such a strong message that i think we need to carry through and make sure because it's uh, it does show our kids how to love and if, if we show them how to love, then they'll show the next generation how to love. And yes. it's hard to have too much love uh, for me. Right. So, yeah. Well, I thank you guys for being here. Uh, listeners, don't forget to uh, send in emails. Uh, you can get me at BowtieGuy at MessItUpPodcast.com. Check out all of our social media stuff. Please consider uh, giving us a rating and a review on iTunes, especially. That one has the most uh, weight, typically. But wherever you listen, give us a, a rating and a review. And if you'd like to become a patron, go to uh, com. Click on the button to become a patron, and you can... Uh, Help financially support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, and it really does go a long way. So thank you for being here. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Bye. Bye. <laughs>